All right, Justin, sing me a song that has just two good parts in it or two good items in it, not even parts, two good items. Maybe you really like the tambourine sound or something in the song. And maybe the way the saxophone, like the tonalness of the, the saxophone or something, but two good parts in it, but everything else sucks. Wow. Hmm. I like, I don't know if this counts or not, but I like the beat of Vanilla Ice's song, Ice Ice Baby, more than I like anything that's said or the lyrics themselves. But the I like that. So we'll go with that. I don't know if that's a win or not. Well, that just means you like the song Under Pressure by Queen and David Bowie. Because that's all that actually is. I mean, (laughs) so So I could have said that, but yeah. But But then you wouldn't have disliked part of it. It would have only been liking. Yeah. Because who's going to hate on David Bowie or Queen in that song? So yeah, no, I will I, actually give you the win on this because you, you nice. were able to say the part you liked, but you don't like the rest of it. Yeah. So I, will, I mean, the lyrics are okay, whatever, but yeah, I mean, I'll just, I'll just say that you liked the, the you liked the song under pressure and you liked the extra hi hats that he has to technically, according to him, make it a different song. <laughs> right. Yes. So yeah. those are the two elements of that you like. I'll give you that. That was that was actually intriguing. I liked the journey that we went down on that. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> it told a story. It did. <laughs> Which an infinitely more interesting story than our topic movie today. Um, Heather, <laughs> what about you? I'm drawing a blank. I've been trying this whole time to think of one and I cannot think of one. So I I concede this round. I do not have one. I don't care if you concede or not. You're getting the loss you're not gonna sit there and nicely accept it no 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 it's just thrown at you and you take it fine if i must no quit quit conceding like that that takes all the fun out of it (laughs) you have to begrudgingly accept it then or something you can't just openly go see that's better i I don't know you make a noise or something or no fine oh shit Looks darn ish. Yeah, I can't. I you can't just nicely, you know, go. Well, if I have to take the loss, I will. Takes all the fun <laughs> out of it. <laughs> you just have a little too much fun with giving us losses, though. That's the thing. But but I have to have some sort of sense of victory. <laughs> oh, okay. Then, uh, fine. That's better. Now let's cue our song. Hey, Santa fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And tonight, we are talking about the first of my 10 worst movies with M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit. Now, if you've listened to anything, and I don't remember what podcast I ended up saying all of my M. Night Shyamalan things on, I think that might have been that 
what was that movie, the Hugh Jackman school, bad education, something like that. Yes. I yeah. think that's the one I ended up doing it because I know I originally did it in the Hollywood, the Hollywood endings episode, but because of audio issues, we lost that one and you guys recorded it without me. And I think I redid all of it in the bad education episode. You did. I remember that. And you just, you had to let us know how much you were not a fan. Yes, because I absolutely hate M. Night Shyamalan. And no, I'm not technically making fun of his name as much as I'm just making fun of people that like him. And that's my way of saying it, to make fun of those people. (laughs) Uh, If you could actually see me right now, I am actually doing a arm movement when I say it too, because that's just how it goes. (laughs) And I, as just a, a warning... Of my 10 worst movies, five of them are M. Night Shyamalan movies. (laughs) And this is just the first of them. Uh, We are doing... Have I even said the name of the movie yet? Nope. I thought I did, but it's it's The Visit. Um, Yes, it is. uh, Yes, we are doing M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit, which there are two actors in this movie I actually like. Not, I don't like anything they technically did in this movie, but I like them in other things, uh, which makes this movie a little bit worse for me because they're underutilized in this movie. And it just makes it worse that they wasted two uh, people that I do love. Uh, and I will talk about that more later because since this is my movie, I am not going first. So we will be doing a spoiler free section. Then we, we will be going into recommendations and scores and then going into the spoiler section. And as always with all this, we will be talking about what we like, didn't like and everything in between with this M night Shyamalan movie. I am really hoping I can say that like that every time I might fuck it up. I believe, I believe that you can, but I'm on a roll right now. Give it your best shot. Best shot. Yeah. I wish he had given his best shot with this fucking movie. Um, nice. So we're going to start with Heather. Uh, give us your spoiler-free thoughts on M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit. <laughs> well, I had seen this once before, so this was my second viewing of this movie. Um, I I certainly don't have as big of a problem with it as Sterling is going to have with it. Honestly, mostly I'm fine with it. I think after a second viewing, you know, you notice some things that you're like, oh, that's a little bit of a no. But, you know, my I remember my first time watching it and just even revisiting it. It's been a few years that I since I've seen it, but it's um, I mean, it's fine. I, I think it's paced in a in a good way, like it's paced pretty well. It's not too long. It doesn't you know, it's it's mostly paced pretty well. I do think that the um, kind of like the underlying story or the backstory, like the relationship between the brother and the sister in this, I actually did enjoy that aspect of it because I think that they had a good dynamic and chemistry together as brother and sister. And it was believable in that way. Um, I also do like their mom in this. Um, I know we'll all get into that a little bit later, but I don't think the acting was bad. I think the acting was actually very good on everybody's part. Um, I think that the story it falls a little bit flat. I just think that it could have been 
probably um, some some aspects of it could have been explored a little bit more. Um, and yeah, I, I just but I think it's it's a fine movie. I don't have any huge, huge, like insane issues with it, but it's not like a favorite. I'm just kind of really down the middle with this movie. Like it's fine for me. Um, it has some good moments in it, but it's not overall Shyamalan's best. It's not overall the best thriller or horror movie I've ever seen, but it's fine. It's it's just a fine movie for me. Justin, what about you? All right. So this would be my first time actually watching this movie. And I honestly, I, I must have just completely missed this one because I didn't really know that this even existed until you guys started <laughs> talking about it and <laughs> mentioning it. So I, I just I must have just totally missed this. And uh and and watching it for the the first time, uh, I guess the best way to put it is, you know, I was just just based on what I've heard from people. I, I really just thought that this was going to be terrible. I just expected this to be just, you know, just the classic disappointing, just terrible, over the top, crazy M. Night Shyamalan. And I don't know, man, I just I guess by the time that this was all over, I didn't hate this. I mean, I did it. And then I was like, am I crazy? But I mean, this is. The, the the this is not bad as some of his like bad i was like okay this is no lady in the water it didn't have an ending uh, that was disappointing or just nonsensical like the village it it wasn't as disappointing as glass and so i, I was kind of like uh am i crazy like i, I think this might actually be one of his better movies <laughs> And I was like, am I crazy for thinking that? And then, you know, and then going online and stuff like that, looking at reviews and stuff like that, it, that was reaffirmed, you know, this. The, uh, so then I was like, OK, I'm not crazy. There are plenty of other people who feel like this is actually uh, one of his better ones. In some places, they were saying this was a return to form. Now, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far with the praise of this movie. But. I mean, overall, I mean, I didn't hate this movie. I thought, like Heather said, the acting I thought was pretty good. It kept me intrigued. I wanted to know what was going to happen to these people. Of course, I had my suspicions and the movie, I think, does a good job of just building the tension of, you know, something is wrong, but you don't know what. And I was really expecting for there to just be at the end, this over the top, just crazy M night Shyamalan twist ending. And I don't feel that that happens here. I mean, I'm not going to say too much to, because of spoilers and stuff like that, but what I got was simple. And I think that this is really just one of those movies of less that is more uh, with this. I think Really, he dialed it down, honestly, on the self-indulgent M. Night Shyamalan uh, filmmaking, though there were some elements of it. I didn't feel like it 
got to where it was ruining the movie. I think he just let the actors do what they do. He let the story kind of tell itself. And there are even parts where he kind of jokes about I think he kind of was joking about himself a little bit in this movie. I think there were parts where I was like, is he taking a stab at himself? And I was like, okay, well, maybe he is. Maybe that was the purpose of that. And I'll get more into detail in the spoiler section. But ultimately, this uh, is a found out of the found footage movies. And there are quite a few of them because this whole found footage camera follows you around. Of course, these kinds of narratives told with this kind of style are problematic. And of course, if you pick it apart, you can, you, of course you can always say things like, why is this person in a life threatening situation carrying this camera around? You know, if you really want to pick this apart, you can, this kind of found footage narrative, uh, these, these narratives are kind of built like that. You know, it's a double-edged sword. It, it doesn't feel as realistic when the camera is, when we're supposed to believe this person is carrying around a camera. So there is that. And I don't think that the movie completely overcomes that hurdle, but it is what it is. That is the nature of a film like this. But as far as just a found footage movies I've seen, I, I think this is one of the better ones, man. And as far as Shyamalan movies, this, while not great, is nowhere near as bad as the worst Shyamalan. So it falls somewhere in the middle for me, uh, ultimately. And overall, it, it wraps up everything uh you know, and there's actually a little message at the end and it, it was an all right little message. It's an okay message. It's fine. Was it impactful? Did I feel like my life changed? No, but it, it was fine for what this little movie was. So to me, it was simple, simple scares, um, a simple story that I thought for the most part was effective. And overall, eh, I didn't, mind this movie either i'm kind of in heather's camp with this one i have never <laughs> never felt so betrayed in my life <laughs> <laughs> i thought the depths of betrayal could not go any deeper than they did when we did our crawl episode <laughs> but oh no i did not realize that that was just the distraction for you guys to plunge the great sword of deceit into my back because <laughs> I could not disagree with you guys any harder than I do because <laughs> holy fuck. Like when you, when you're saying Justin, that it's like, it's simple. I thought that it wasn't when you talk about how it wasn't as you know, self-indulgent as M. Night Shyamalan movies can be. I completely disagree. I felt like he was on his own dick so much in this movie. So much so that the ending of this movie, that nice little message you have, I felt like that was a self-affirmative, like pat on his own back type of shit. Because I don't give him the benefit of the doubt. I won't say, no, no, no. He's just trying to give a nice message. No, because I know better. This man <laughs> cannot get out of his own way. <laughs> and I think it's, I, th I just think it's funny because to me, 
like all these things you were saying about this movie, like kind of, I know you weren't really saying it is a return to form necessarily in your eyes, but it was more of a return to form than movies he had been making. But to me, if you distilled every problem I have with M night Shyamalan ding dong, I had to say something. Cause I fucked up when I was saying it, I didn't say M night Shyamalan. So I tried to like oh. fix it afterwards <laughs> and I fucked it up too. It did not flow well. <laughs> Forgive me, people. I will try to do better. But I think if you take everything I hate about his movies and distill it into individual factors, I feel like all of it is in this movie. Like, I mean, you were talking about like like simplicity and stuff like that. I think he threw simplicity out the window very early on. And I know you were talking about how there are some uh, problems in this that are inherent to the found footage type of of movie i think they are infinitely more present in this movie especially towards the end it goes bonkers with keeping that format i think i mean i can't even necessarily say i like the acting except for the fact that at least three out of our four main characters maybe all four of them i know pop pop which also don't that is the worst name for a grandfather ever pop pop who the fuck says that? That is the most unnatural way to say that ever. <laughs> and if you have a pop pop, I'm sorry. You said it wrong. Like you were saying way too many letters in there. But it's just one of those things where this movie, I, you guys were talking about how it's like short and all this other stuff. I have never had a 90 minute movie feel longer in my life. I know that we talk, and especially me, of all fucking people to say something like that. I am like the harbinger of love of short movies. And this one, no, I felt like it was too long to hold on to its premise, which I would normally be praising something like this for having the audacity to go shorter to make sure it doesn't derail itself. This movie is easily an hour and 25 minutes too long. So it's, it should have been five minutes. <laughs> I mean, opening credits, in credits, quick in, out, done. I think the, the premise of this oh, movie no. fails from the beginning to me. Like, I mean, literally the scene after, what's her name? Uh, Catherine Hahn's like little talking head moment at the beginning. Literally the scene after that, the movie's off the rails. <laughs> the rails (laughs) yes it just no longer holds up to anything at that point and i sound like i'm exaggerating but in all honesty and i'll get it to it in the spoilers i truly do feel that way i feel like that very next scene in which they literally set up the rest of the movie is the beginning of the downfall of this movie and i just like i said i cannot disagree with you guys literally any more than I do. (laughs) Like, I mean, I'm just throwing it out here. Like, just say that you guys are just like mediocre, whatever. Say you would give it a 60. My score is automatically a negative 60 million. Like, that's how much of disagreement there is. It's a negative 1 million times disagreement level. So I am actually going to let you guys determine my score because I'm going to take both of your scores. I'm going to average them together and I'm going to times that by negative 1 million. Oh Lord. 
Okay. And I'm going to start with Justin. Recommendation and score. Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and recommend it, man. I, I didn't mind this movie. I thought it was I. <laughs> Never been more um, betrayed in my life. <laughs> so, yeah, I recommend it. Starless tripping. No, I'm just kidding. This is his. Uh, <laughs> maybe he'll convince me otherwise here in the spoilers. I've I, I, I got to see why what he's worst. got. I know he's got. I know he's got some ammunition in the in the cannon. So I can't wait to hear him fire off on the second half of this. And maybe uh, I'll feel differently after hearing him because I just. I mean, I just don't know. There's not much to this to hate. I, I didn't feel like I just did. There's not much here, man. It's just it's so straightforward for M. Night Shyamalan. And maybe and that's what surprised me about it. But uh, I think that if you're looking for just a little like date night movie or just a little fright night, you want something scary and maybe you haven't seen this. It's short and sweet. And, you know, it's uh, the, the, the camera kind of keeps things up close and stuff. He's got some little jump scares in there and it's got some, you know, some some kids that uh, th- that are that are doing a good enough acting and they're they've got good enough chemistry that, you know, you you you'll you'll still with it because they do put on the kids in this the brother and sister put on some good charm I thought and I don't know man I think that overall it'll just you know it's just one of those it's quick it goes down easy you'll be like oh man well that was kind of fun and then you go on with the rest of your night I mean I just think that's really what this is and for M. Night Shyamalan to me that's a surprise because normally the the movie is all these layers and things he's trying to put in there and he just tries to do so much so often and it just and he just winds up just not seeming to do much of anything but here it feels like he just tried to make a simple found footage horror kind of scary tale and i think overall he did succeed at that so i am going to recommend it um we'll give this we'll give this uh 65 old people yelling yahtzee out of 100 (sighs) heather your turn (laughs) to stab that knife further in my back I mean, I do agree with Jason in that it is a more simplistic Shyamalan film. How are you uh, guys saying this? I'm sorry. I just I don't <laughs> understand. You guys are saying words that I do not understand. I mean, I just don't think he tried to overcomplicate the story, you know. Um, I mean, and there was the signature, like, twist part of it, but it wasn't like... It, it worked. I don't know. I For me, it is... And it is kind of like... I, I don't know if it's necessarily true to form or not. I haven't thought of it in that way, but I will say, I mean, it's kind of like, I would say this film is kind of like right in the middle of the stack. If we're going from worst to best of his, I mean, it's not, it's definitely not going to be like his most memorable of his movies, but it's, it's not his worst either. And like, like I said, I just, I think that, um, the, the story that was being told in it, like the, Aside from the whole, you know, what's going on with the crazy grandparents situation, I mean, just that other, the little backstory and the the family dynamic and sort of the, yeah, the more underlying story of it. I just appreciated it and I enjoyed that side of it. And 
Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's not a movie that I'm going to say is like, I highly recommend this. It's just, you know, one of the greatest things I've ever seen. But I'm not going to not recommend it. Like, it's kind of like how Sterling says, like, if you want to watch it, then watch it. Sure, that's fine. You're not missing out on, like, Shyamalan masterpiece, anything. But you're not, I don't, <laughs> and I understand that this is on Sterling's worst list. And so that's why we're here right now. <laughs> so, you know, some people hate it, but I just, I just think it's kind of a, it's a, it's fine. It's just fine. I don't, I don't hate it. If it's on, I won't necessarily sit and be like, I have to watch it, but I won't necessarily change it if nothing better is on, you know, <laughs> that's kind of how I feel about it. But um, I, I do think there are some elements that really worked about it. And, um, to be honest, like, even though maybe some other people saw, you know, the twist that happens in this coming, I didn't necessarily, I mean, I knew there would be one. I wasn't necessarily for sure what that was going to be, but you know, um, it was fine. It was just fine. So sure. Watch it. If you want to watch it, I am going to, honestly, I was kind of in the same the same realm as uh, Justin when it came to my score, I was actually going to give it about a 63 um, inside out sweaters out of 100. Listeners out there. <laughs> oh, my. If you're ever on a date with somebody and they want to do a little date night or you watch a movie, maybe cook dinner for each other, maybe get a little frisky afterwards or something, you know, just a little night in and they put this movie on, they don't love you at all <laughs> they are trying to end your relationship they are trying to end your relationship so bad that you are in a depression for 10 plus years of your life barely able to do anything other than just maintain existence that's what they are hoping they are hoping they crush your soul so bad that it takes a decade to recover from it because that's probably the earliest i'll recover from this movie 2025 because it came out in 2015 <laughs> they want to do to you and your well-being and your just life in general what m night Shyamalan. god i did it again see I'm just all fucked up on it what m night Shyamalan <laughs> does to cinema in general with this film i do not recommend it ever i think if you haven't seen this you should just listen to the spoiler section and forego ever contemplating any further the idea that this is something that should even partially be seen. I think if you just will yourself into actually wanting to watch this movie, you watch the opening credits, you watch the Catherine Hahn talking head moment, then you fast forward, and then you watch the end credits only after the little boy raps. Don't actually watch that either. Go past that and then watch the rest <laughs> of the credits. And that is the only acceptable viewing of this movie. Otherwise, you have no one to blame but yourself because you have been warned by the only person on this podcast that is apparently willing to tell you the actual truth of what this movie is. That's all I am. I'm just a mere humble truth bringer with this movie mm, this movie mm -hmm. that gets a negative 64 million adult diapers full of shit 
being slammed on your face because that is the perfect analogy for what this film <laughs> is out of 100. Spoilers? Well then. Oh, you are ready. You are more than ready, aren't you? Yes. So I have to touch on this because I can't believe Justin said this. So to me, the reason why this is to me one of the most self-indulgent of M. Night Shyamalan movies is the fact that the girl character is the M. Night Shyamalan stand-in. You know, when she says things like, I have cinematic standards or I don't do or I don't like dramatic movies and things like that, because, you know, he can't actually direct anything other than this type of garbage. So he likes to act like it's just beneath him to direct something else. But when he does the things of like, the oh, I have cinematic standards and all this other shit, whenever the brother's implying, you know, do something kind of more poppy or, you know, more just pop culturally relevant or something like that as like a reality TV show. She's like, no, I have standards. I can't just do this normal Hollywood dribble. I have to, I have to do what's in my heart soul for this movie. That's all M. Night Shyamalan attacking everybody else for saying he needs to do something different, for saying that he's washed up, for saying the truth about what he actually is as a director and writer. Because let's not get him off the hook with that. He wrote this movie too. So, I mean, to me, that's what was so self-indulgent with it. And then at the end of the movie, when the mom's like talking to the daughter, and this is, I get this heartwarming, whatever message that Justin was talking about. And she's all like, don't hold a grudge. You know, you just, you got to be happy to like do all this other stuff, all this other stuff. I felt like that was M. Night Shyamalan talking to himself to be like, hey, don't listen to the critics. Don't listen to the naysayers. Just you, you do you, boo. I felt like he was telling himself that at the end of this movie. And just at no point did I think he was off his own dick at all in this movie. And that's what led into so many of these problems. I mean, from the beginning, like I'd say, are you even just halfway through the Catherine Hahn talking head moment to like the next scene when they're like getting ready to go and all this other stuff that like, what the fuck is that setup? Oh, I haven't talked to my parents in however long it's been. And, you know, they found me on Facebook or whatever on the internet. And, you know, they want to meet their grandkids. So I decided to send them to my parents, even though I'm not going to see my parents at all to, you know, just because they want to see it. My kids want to go see them. I get the idea that, that the mom's kind of being selfless. I mean, like, you know what? Your grandparents want to see you. You want to see your grandparents. My bad relationship with them shouldn't affect the relationship you guys have. But to do so completely sight unseen is the most preposterous thing ever. And I think from the moment that it sets that up, the entire movie is downhill from there because that is the worst idea in the history of ever. And then on top of that, to go on a cruise at the exact same time in which they are going somewhere completely different somewhere unknown to you all this like i know she grew up there but i'm just saying like going off somewhere they've never been before to people you're not even talking to to people you apparently didn't even have a phone conversation with beforehand like i do understand also that the spoiler alert the mentally unwell unwell people 
that killed their grandparents apparently did so between them setting it up and the exact moment that they showed up because, you know, they were apparently talking to the mental, the mentally unwell people about how the grandkids were coming. So you set all this up, but like didn't even talk to your parents or whatever when they arrived to be like, Hey, like don't fuck up my kids or anything, nothing. And that is just the most bonkers thing ever. And then, like I said, to go on a cruise during that. And I know that's part of the whole setup. They're like, oh, my, our mom deserves it. She needs this cruise. And she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm going on a cruise. But you were intentionally taking yourself out of contact, even in an emergency scenario. Say they were the actual parents, but say they get in a car wreck and they, like one of the kids needs medical treatment. The mom's the one that would have to sign off on it. And they can't even get a hold of you because you're on an international cruise at the moment. That is the most bonkers idea ever, especially when the mother was having such anxiety whenever the train was pulling away and she would just be okay with even the thought of leaving the country and being in the middle of water on a boat while the kids are away. That is a level, a, a, a level of absurdity. That is unparalleled <laughs> in movies. In all movies. In all movies. I think that the cartoons with Wiley e. Coyote and the Roadrunner are more realistic than this movie <laughs> because it just in no way, shape, or form would anything like that ever actually happen. Like it is just beyond preposterous. And then on top of that, you have the audacity to waste a Catherine Hahn. She's a fantastic yeah. actress. And this movie has the audacity to waste her, including which this is partially on her. But I'm going to blame him. Not more in the scene when she realizes that the people that they think are Nana and Pop Pop are not them. And she's telling her kids she really, really undersold the like the seriousness of that situation when she's just like, yeah, you know, she's just in there like Becca, Tyler, Becca, Tyler, Becca, Tyler. Hey <laughs> guys. Hey, <laughs> Hey, that that's not Nana and pop up. And the kids are like, yeah, no, 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 that's Nana and pop up. And she's like, Oh no, honeys. No, no, it's not. And they're like, nah, we've been with them all week. That's them. And she goes, Oh, fiddlesticks. I guess I need to hurry now. And then she gets a sense of urgency about herself. That scene was so weird. But also on top of that, this movie wastes a Peter McRobbie who plays the now infamous pop pop <laughs> because I love that man. That man actually plays my favorite judge from law and order because he is a mean snarky asshole. And I love him. Just lays down <laughs> the law. And in this He's literally just a man shitting himself and loves playing some Yahtzee with some strategy because for whatever reason, it is super crucial to this movie to debate whether or not what Milton Bradley or Hasbro makes Yahtzee now. Right. But then going into all that with, with all that stuff too. Also, I loved how super convenient it was that how anybody who shows up, to the the house to you know to check on them just always happen to show up when they're not around until 
the very beginning of the third act. But other than that, nope, just never around. Come on, guys. That's just, that's not how reality works. And on top of that, they know that they're missed, like, they're worried on them. They're worried about them because they haven't shown up or they haven't, you know, talked to anybody and all this other stuff. But then they also know that two of their patients are missing. And at no point did the cops come around going, hey, these people are missing and two patients are missing. Like, I know that every time they show up, they're just like, oh, no, the nan and pop pop aren't around. And they're just like, oh, well, okay. But they're still, they're worried enough to show up at the house. Yet they've never gone, huh, that's weird. The two patients that they seem to spend the most time around while they're here are missing. And now they are too. And one of them had committed murder against their children. Huh. That's coincidence. That must be the the weird scuttlebutt they were talking about. You know, those good old office rumors, you know, of patients disappearing. And then also the voluntary counselors. You know, just the rumors. Like, what the fuck is that, really? I mean, just so much of this movie. Like, the idea that when the, the Nana character starts sundowning, and finds the camera in which is also one of those things that like the the camera they have hidden in the corner but it's not even like the accidentally finds it nope the character while in a state of mental instability knows exactly where the camera is not stumbles upon nothing knows exactly where it is and then on top of that goes and does this thing just starts knocking on the door while holding a knife after they put she puts the camera down in perfect view of what she was doing and then has the i don't know mental unstable wherewithal to pick the camera back up and put it exactly where it was also in you know pop pop going crazy too at the end he's doing so much of like picking up the camera and moving it to make sure he gets the diatribe he's about to go into in frame but i'm not even talking about the whole like when he's actually talking directly to the camera no 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 he makes sure that he gets the whole, I'm abusing this child perfectly in shot. I get it. It's supposed to be a found footage film, and that's kind of the crux of it all. I know, fat boy, this movie does suck. I know. I'm talking about it. Anyway, sorry. My cat wanted to also let you guys know that you betrayed me, but he won't because he agrees the movie sucks. But, I mean, it's just the same garbage. M. Night Shyamalan is going to sit here and do his same bullshit over and over again with, like I said, a twist that is garbage with a premise that is garbage whilst on his own dick the whole time. And he's also going to make it a found footage movie. And he just does the same trite bullshit, does nothing new with it other than the fact that maybe that they have two cameras, maybe. But even then, I thought that was bullshit, too. Like, this woman found a perfectly working DSL camera with a movie-quality lens on it, just in a lost-and-found box or whatever the fuck they said she found it in? Get the fuck out of here. Also, and I know this might be something that nobody else on this is going to, like, care about, but something that just super bothers me. Did anybody notice what brand of computer she had? I did not. No, I didn't. That was a Sony Vio. She had a Sony Vio computer, which is a Windows computer that she was running Apple's Mac OS on the whole time, which is impossible, unless it's a Hackintosh. (laughs) 
but it wasn't. It was a Sony Fio. And I get it. That's a small, trivial thing. But it's the little things, once again, that if your movie's not good enough to distract me from, I'm going to notice. Because also, another weird, trivial thing. These kids in the kitchen, they find what appears to be a telephone jack or an Ethernet jack just sitting there in the kitchen. They plug their little Cat5 Ethernet cable into it. It's RJ45 end. They plug it into the computer. Bam! Internet. They're in the information superhighway and able to Skype with their mother. Yet we know this house does not have Wi-Fi because it is said no less than 19.7 thousand times at the beginning of this movie. But that does not necessarily mean in 2015 that they don't have internet. I get that. They even state at the beginning of the movie, the grandparents found the mother and grandkids on the internet. I get this. I understand this. I'm hip with the lingo. But for them to have an actual ethernet jack, because I know they kind of play it off as something, a movie from like 1995, when you could plug into a phone jack and use your, you know, 56K modem built into your computer to access the internet either way. But they just kind of plug into an ethernet jack in the kitchen. Well, an ethernet jack, you couldn't use a standard Cat3 cable that you would use on telephone line. No, no, no. That'd have to be at least a Cat5 wire in there. Which means this house is actually wired with modern cabling. Yet, you're going to tell me that this house does not have Wi-Fi. Because I was installing internet and doing this type of cabling in people's houses before this movie came out. And do you know what I wasn't doing in a house I wasn't putting Wi-Fi in? Putting ethernet jacks in the kitchen. And like I said, I don't necessarily expect anyone else to notice this. I mean, that is literally the field in which I used to work in, very specifically. And the, 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 the app she was using on the computer, the program she was using on the computer to edit her movie was iMovies. That's, that's how I noticed that. I do that every time I do my little quick edits of the YouTube videos for the Happy Corner podcast. So I know the way the app looks very well. So I did. I noticed these things because they stick out. But to me, that just goes even further to show how much M. Night Shyamalan does not care about what is actually in his movies or even have the respect for his audience to even attempt to make these things reasonable. I mean, just so much of this movie hurts me on a deep level. And that's, we haven't even gotten into the fact of how much like backwards and, or like how backwards and insulting M. Night Shyamalan portrays mental illness in this movie. I hadn't even gotten to that yet. I mean, we've talked about that before with some other movies about how unfortunate it is the way that that is still stigmatized. And this just goes even further because it even states that that woman killed her children because she was so unwell. And yet people are so unconcerned by the fact that there is a mental patient out there who is so unwell that when she does go through a time of sundowning, she becomes completely murderous. And no one has a sense of urgency with tracking down a woman like that. And let alone also going into the fact that if you are schizophrenic or that you do have forms of dementia and stuff like that, that you do become automatically this level of dangerous. 
and I and I and I know that you're probably listening to this and taking that with a grain of salt because of how much I have talked about shows like A Law and Order being one of my favorites. When procedurals like Law and Order, especially like a Law and Order SVU, how they sometimes portray mental illness, especially schizophrenia, as almost being an automatic they are a threat to society. And you know what? You wouldn't be wrong with that. Maybe I do let it slide a little bit, you know, when it comes to a 42-minute procedural drama on cable TV, especially one, especially like a Law & Order, the original, where most of it was filmed in the, you know, the 90s. I mean, half of it was in the 90s when we weren't as understanding and we were very stigmatizing during that. And I will actually let some of that slide because of the, of the time period in which it was filmed. But this was 2015, and this movie gives zero fucks and once again makes a true villain out of the mentally handy, uh, uh, after mentally unstable people or people with mental illness, to be even more fair with how I'm wording that. This film to me, and I'm leaving so much out because I'm realizing how long I've been fucking talking. I feel like I have been talking for most of the length of this fucking movie. So I will, I will end this now and let Heather and Justin, you know, betray me more and stab more weapons in my back. But this movie is unequivocally the worst. Heather, wait, no, who is it? Justin, uh, Heather, yes, it is your turn. Heather, go. <laughs> that is a lot to unpack with what you just said. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I get it. It definitely has. Like there are some of those questions that you were talking about or issues you had with the movie, for sure, I totally agree with, too, um, especially the part about, you know, why would their mom let them go to see the grandparents without, you know, explaining what they look like or having a conversation with them or anything like that, especially if you know, you were on such bad terms that you don't speak to them for what, 15 years, you know, but then, yeah. So that part really was like, why would you do that? You know, but, um, <laughs> it was, it was a little off putting for sure. But, and, and I have like these very mixed feelings regarding the reveal when, you know, the mom finds out like, Oh, that's not your grandparents. Where are your grandparents? Cause I'm like, well, how are they supposed to know that that's not because you clearly never showed them a picture or anything for them to know what they look like. So why would you just assume that they know that that's not them? <laughs> Especially when like, you know, those people come with like a big sign and, you know, like when they pick them up from the train, they have like a big sign and all this stuff and they're playing the part to a T, you know, like why? I mean, it's just funny that she would assume like that they would know, like, obviously that's not your grandparents. Why would you think that? So I thought that was interesting, but I did kind of like, I mean, I didn't, I guess I liked the reveal in the sense that I didn't see it coming, you know, when she's like, and maybe part of it is that whole underselling it where she's like, I just need you guys to listen to me for a minute. <laughs> um, that's not your grandparents. So where are your grandparents? Like <laughs> just the way she did it wasn't great, but that reveal, I, I, I didn't see it coming. So I didn't. I didn't fully mind it, but I also think it could have been done better knowing what that reveal was going to be. You're right. It should have been a lot more urgent. There should have been a lot more happening there. But um, yeah, so those were definitely some some issues that I had with it too. But 
honestly, like, I mean, and, and granted, like you said, I didn't notice a lot of those other, you know, more trivial details that you discussed. Um, so those things didn't really bother me. And the only thing I can think about with the whole, like, oh, they didn't have internet or anything like that, or like they didn't have Wi-Fi, so whatever. Maybe that, I don't remember if that's something that was mentioned in the beginning dialogue or what, but maybe it could have just been those two escaped patients saying there wasn't any when there actually was, you know, but that's the only thing I can think of. But it might have been something that was mentioned, you know, when when they talked about, because didn't she say her her parents... Uh, found her on Facebook or something, right? I don't. I I, I don't know. I, I don't remember and or care if she said Facebook. I know it was at least something <laughs> on the internet. Um, I just don't right. know if the actual word Facebook was said. Um, and I right. get that some form of social media that is very possible that they're like, oh, there is no Wi-Fi. But then again, if the kids are on their phone or on the computer, it would show nearby right. Wi-Fi networks. And if they really are out in the middle of nowhere and so separated from everybody, like they are portraying this movie to be. Then they would, yeah. the fact that any Wi Fi network shows up would mean that it's at that house. And you know? being those young kids, they would have, they would have explored that. They would have been like, are you sure there's nothing? We really, yeah, because he was so all about like, oh, I need my phone and all this stuff that he would have found if there wasn't any or not, you know? So yeah, that it still doesn't hold up. I was just kind of trying to think like, yeah, why would they make such a big thing about that when clearly, you know, <laughs> that wasn't the case in that house? But, um, but yeah, I mean, I do think that, um, Catherine Hahn, I do agree. Like she, this was, they could have used her more in this and not to say that the scenes that she was in or the, what she did was bad because I really did like the more vulnerable, like serious acting moments that she did in this movie, you know, when she was doing her, her talky thing at the beginning and the end. Um, I thought that was good. You know, I, I, I liked seeing the little more serious side of her because she is a great actress, but I usually see her in comedies. So it was kind of nice to see something a little bit um, more on the serious side with her. But um, yeah, they definitely could have used her in a greater capacity. I mean, if you're going to have her in this movie, like have her in this movie, you know. But yeah, and then also, why would she go on a cruise and all of that when she sends her kids off for the very first time? to her grandparents, to, to her parents who she hasn't talked to in forever. So yeah, there's just a lot of things there that would not add up for sure. But that being said that, that reveal and then the reveal of like, Oh, these like, who are these people? Oh, these are patients from that place. Like I, I just think the way that they did the reveal, I, I didn't honestly be like, I know what's happening here. So, I mean, I think that they did a good enough job of making you be like, what's going on without completely giving it away. That's just me. I don't always catch on to those things as quickly as others. But for me, that's how it played out. And I was like, oh, that's crazy when it happened. So the effect that he was going for in that aspect worked on me at least. Um, but yeah, and like kind of like we were saying earlier, it was a it was a twist, but it wasn't it was a more subtle one. It was a little pulled back. It wasn't this crazy like insane thing you know that he has done in other movies before so it was it worked with i guess the 
the um, atmosphere or the setting or how the tone of the movie, I guess, is what I'm saying. For the tone of the movie, the way he did the reveal and the twist, was, it worked, I think, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, like the I did like the brother-sister dynamic and the whole the idea of like, um, you know, like they're just obviously very broken after their family split up and, you know, they're just close because of that reason. But, you know, just kind of getting those little reveals of why, you know, why they are the way they are in some aspects. So I will say as much as I did like the dynamic, the little boy kind of in moments irritated me. (laughs) And I think it's because he has like this vibe about him that he thinks he's older than he actually is. Like he tried to act like he was just very much older than he really was. And I got that vibe from him in the movie. Otherwise, he's fine. Like, his dynamic is good. His lines are good. Like, he's he's a little kid. So, he played that well. It's just, he had a little bit of this air of, like, he he wants to be older than he is kind of thing. And it was just kind of annoying. But mostly, he was fine. Um, yeah, I just think that... I mean, I, I can't debate any any issues you have with the movie story. Like, I totally get why it bothers you and why you think this movie is garbage. But I just don't hate it that much. <laughs> like, I can deal with this movie. I don't think it's that bad. I really don't. And um, I know that's betrayal in the heart and the soul. And I'm sorry about that. But it's just fine. I mean, I definitely have seen worse movies. and. Um, yeah, I mean, and they're like I said, the acting was really good. I think especially the the girl in this movie, I think her name was Becca. She was really good. Like, I almost feel like she was the supposed to be main, main character of this movie. And she did a really good job. You know, I think she was very believable um, in just the kind of character which she was supposed to be. And I really, I just really liked her. I thought she did a great job. And um, fun fact, both of those kids are from Australia, which I never would have known. So good for them for not seeming like they are not American, I guess. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just, it's, I, I don't blame anybody for having problems with it, but I also don't blame anybody for being like, yeah, I didn't, I, it was fine. I liked it. Um, it's really a very middle of the road. There are definitely a lot of technical like issues with pretty much just the things that we talked about. There's a lot of those issues and I won't deny that, but it, for me, it wasn't enough to take away from the overall, like, you know, the story being told, you know, it worked well. It, it, they did a good job telling the story and it was entertaining enough to keep me interested the whole time. So that's really the only other things I have to add to that. Um, yeah. Other than the fact of like <laughs> another issue was that one lady who came to the house and then you see her arguing with them outside. My guess is because she's arguing, saying like, you're not, you know, you're not the grandparents. You're not the people that live here. Where are they? I'm guessing that's what that conversation was. But I don't know why she wouldn't be like yelling and screaming and being like, hey, kids, get out of the house. <laughs> or something, if that's what that was. You know what I mean? So that was another thing I noticed. I was well, like, you know. Well, I mean, just with that scene, you can argue that she's saying, hey, who are you people? And they could just be like, oh, we're friends of them. 
even though they were apparently patients at the same place she was at for rehab. But right, exactly. But, you know, just saying something to the effect of, hey, you know, oh, they're back here and that's why she follows them. That's true, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying I can understand technically the logic of that scene. I've actually got something else I want to talk about with that scene when you're done that I forgot to say in my rant. And it'll be a quick thing, so it won't be anything crazy. But yes, continue. (laughs) Yeah. So that was the only other thing where I was like, but if she's already like figured out that's the case, and it's something I didn't think about in the moment. But after the fact, I'm like, wait, why wouldn't she be like, kids, get out of the house? But yeah, you're right. I mean, if they were like, no, it's fine. They're just back here. Then I could see why. Yeah, I could see that. But in the fact that she also just kind of disappeared, too, after that. And I don't know. But anyways, um, obviously, she was killed or whatever. But um, yeah, it it was just there. Yeah, there definitely were some things that didn't logically make sense as to how this played out but i just think it worked i think that those things were subtle enough for me to not have them be in the way of me enjoying this movie to the extent that i enjoyed it also the only thing i want to add to it is after they kill that woman she's apparently hanging outside the entire rest of the day and they don't notice until the end of the day she's just hanging from a tree the whole day and they don't notice it till the end uh justin your turn yeah, that was dumb. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't like how they hung the woman. Uh, I think it would have just been fine to find the body somewhere. Or maybe they were chasing one of the kids and the kids r- tried to get away outside and ran into her dead somewhere. But yeah, the hanging was a bit much, uh, w- which is why um, this like I said, this is this movie is OK, but by no means great. And uh, man, so much has been said. I don't even remember everything that was said. But uh, the but but the thing but I think uh, just some things for th- that I wanted to just discuss about it. I mean, l- like I said, and I still believe this really isn't uh, this is a very simple plot for M. Night Shyamalan. I mean, it's pretty simple. You just have a mom that sends her uh, kid, her kids to go see their grandparents. And then the grandparents have been killed by um, two psychiatric patients that they that that they at the place that they volunteer for, maybe they befriended them or thought they could trust them or whatever the the case may be. They knew they the people obviously the escaped people obviously knew them to some extent and it interacted with them and you know they killed them and then just kind of assumed their identity. You find that out and then they you know but before they can get kill the kids, the 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 mom was able to get the cops there and they're arrested in the movie. So really, if you just look at what happened in a, and most of this takes place 
in at the house. You know, it just takes place at the grandparents' house. There's not a lot of set pieces to this. There, there, there aren't a lot of different locations. And that's what I mean by simple. I, I don't want that to be misconstrued as something that it's not. Now, of course, when you get into the plot, are there plot holes? Of course, there are things like that. But ultimately, just looking at what this was, it's a very simple movie. And I want to say the movie was a, a five or six million dollar movie. Th- this is a very simple, simple premise. And I guess that's what su- surprised me the most about this because I was just waiting for something outlandish to happen and Shemalon he teases it because there's a moment where um where the where where mama grandma is talking about this she's telling this story about there were these aliens and they are harvesting these bodies and they have invisible antenna and nobody can see them and they're posing as these people but really what they do is they harvest people and as she was telling that story that sounded like something Shyamalan would do like to me that that was him taking a jab at himself like normally this kind of movie that that's what the ending would be. It would be, oh, they're these alien body snatchers. And what you didn't know is that they're actually doing like that big twist kind of thing is what he normally does in his movie. And I felt like that was him taking a jab at himself. You know, yeah, I know, guys, normally I would do something like this, but that's not what this is going to be. It's going to be something more simpler than that. And I thought that that was him kind of taking a jab at himself. Also, Sterling kind of alluded to the um, the 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 little girl in this being the 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 film prodigy and stuff like that and yeah i totally get that i totally was like okay this is the shimalong character and yeah her kind of having this snobby taste in film and the the way that she would talk and how she would kind of talk condescending to her brother and stuff like that but the way the movie plays out, like her going, oh, I don't like dramas. They're sappy and stuff like that. And then later on, the film, it it gets quite dramatic with her crying and talking about, you know, you don't look at yourself in the mirror and her talking about my dad. And, you know, he all he left me was a note and stuff like that. And it kind of gets dramatic. So at the very least, uh, most of the time in his movies, it feels like when lines like that are said, or like in lady of the water, when the person says you are a person who tells stories and not everybody understands you. And, but really you're just one of the greatest uh, seers and storytellers of this generation. You know, normally it is just so upfront blatant and just unapologetic that it just makes you mad but I felt like at least in this the the girl had her things about her but then there are moments in the movie where that is kind of proven wrong or that is kind of that 
viewpoint that she had like oh I don't want to set the camera up because that's not you know a true filmmaker's technique or something and then the movie challenges that and then she does wind up putting the camera up there so I feel like at least he had those story beats in there where some of those things are challenged later in the movie so it didn't feel to me like he was just sitting here to just just patting himself on the back though I do understand that that character was definitely him and there are things just like when the guy was like oh are you some sort of a film prodigy and I was like okay Shyamalan we get it you're a prodigy you know I mean yes those things are definitely in there but to me it wasn't as egregious as some of his other movies which is why I feel like I rolled with it. And like I said, some of those things in the movie were challenged. And I do feel like he took some digs at himself. So uh, to me, not as offensive as some of his other movies. And then the the stuff uh, that you guys were talking about, about with the mom and why would she do this and stuff like that? I had a lot of those same questions. Like I, I too was questioning how come these kids hadn't at least seen a picture, um, and everything like that. And I mean, and I mean, I guess they, they thought it was enough when the mom told the story about how something happened and I never, and I never spoke to them again. And, uh, you know, it does kind of tie in with this whole theme of forgiveness and letting things go and stuff like that. So, I mean, there is a narrative basis for her, for some of the mom's behavior. Maybe that's why she didn't have any pictures because she, you know, when she, uh, ran away and didn't speak to them. It was kind of one of those. And the mom did come off to me as kind of a free spirit. Um, where were the emotions on my sleeve? I kind of do what I want in the moment. She she was that kind of mom to me. The kids seemed like kids who knew more than they should have. They the way that they would talk, the way that they would kind of talk to her. She didn't seem like big on disciplinary. She just seems like one of those moms who just kind of talks to her kids like, you know, like they're adults already. The kids are using vernacular and using terms and kind of, they seemed very cognizant of things that maybe they were too young to be, maybe they were too young for it, but they're, they're these kind of know-it-all uh, you know, kids. And I think that is a reflection of her and her parenting. So could I see a parent like this going on a boat trip? Probably so. I mean, just just based on how her kids behaved and how she kind of was, it all kind of fit to me. So I guess I didn't question it that much. But I totally understand her going on a trip and you know, sending her kids off to these grandparents she hadn't spoke to in years. Yes, not a wise move, but this did not seem like all that wise of a person either. So I don't know. It just that that I didn't question too much. But, you know, if you want to pick it apart, yes, it was careless. Uh, 
as far as just some of the stuff, like like I said, with the found footage type of movie like this, there are going to be those things that you can that that you can pick apart. People sitting the camera in the perfect place, characters kind of having to sit the camera or carry the camera uh, so that we can get the shots that we need. Like you said, I also kind of thought about that too. This this camera that was that was collected at the Salvation Army or the bargain bin or wherever it was, and it's got to be perfect quality because this is a movie and we've got to be able to see what's happening so yeah and like i said a lot of this is the nature of the beast when you do a found footage movie like this convenient things just kind of have to happen so that we can get shots if you're going to film it this way uh otherwise you don't have any shots so it's just kind of par for the course so to speak but none of it was a deal breaker for me. I guess I wasn't just so annoyed by it that I was like, oh my God, this is stupid. This is just, uh, I just can't handle this. I'm having a heart attack. Nothing like that really happened in the movie. And most of the time, all I was doing was just watching two kids act. And I thought that they did fine enough with the material that was given. And also uh, the, the actress that played... The, the grandma, Deanna uh, Donegan. I, I thought that she did really well with this. I thought that the scenes where she kind of needed to be awkward and weird, she was. Some of the facials that she was doing or like when she would be asked a certain question and kind of how this near state of going hysterical that she would go into and stuff like that or when she would be sitting there and something would be, you know, she would be laughing and then all of a sudden the faces that she would make, she was very weird and unsettling and awkward. And I thought that the actress did a good job. I thought that she really knocked that out of the park and probably made it more than what was written on paper. So I thought that she, uh, showed up for this you know and and I mean and not like oh god this was some of the best acting I've ever seen but I thought that she was exactly what she needed to be for this movie and really helped those scenes with her acting I thought Uh, other than that just uh, when it comes to the plot twist like I said I was hoping that this would not be some over the top. These are aliens with hidden antennas or (laughs) these are, you know, uh, really uh, the the grandparents are alive and they're in on it. And, you know, I'm just or the mom is in on it, too. And she's just trying to get rid of her kids. You know, I'm glad that it was nothing outlandish and over the top. It literally was these two people that have escaped from this psychiatric place, killed these people and just kind of were um, shacked up in their home. So that was pretty much the extent of it. And I'm glad that it was something at least simple like that, because to me, Shyamalan normally just goes off the rails uh, at the end. And maybe there were some technical aspects of that that were off the rails, like the woman hanging. I thought that that was so dumb. I was like, really? That woman is hanging. Okay, so nobody drove by and saw that. Nobody could see. I get that this house was kind of in an isolated area, but I mean, come on, man. Like nobody... uh, 
drove by and saw that. And I, I do understand where you guys are coming from with how come the town or the people weren't a little more suspicious of this. But th- this this all happened like in a span of a week. I want to say that the first time the woman visited and ran into the kids, she said, well, it's been a few days and I haven't seen them. You know, it's been a few days and I haven't seen them. But, you know, I, I bought that if you arrive to a house and you think something's kind of suspicious, suspicious and you you run into two kids and they say well they're here but they're not here and you might be inclined to go okay well maybe nothing's wrong maybe they are here I mean these kids are here they don't seem to be in distress maybe I'm jumping to conclusions too fast I, I could see that going but I will give Sterling um credit that it did happen quite a bit and it was kind of convenient that these people would leave or maybe they were making sure to make themselves scarce on purpose. Maybe they saw the person approaching and went, Oh shit, you know, let's get out of sight. We don't want to be seen or we don't want to be caught until finally they just were, you know, towards the third act. But I get it. It was convenient that, they were never around when these people would uh, come around. But like I said, overall, I think that there are ways where you could pick this apart. There was a lot of convenient camera placement. And and I mean, was anything spellbounding about this script or anything? No. But I thought that at the end, you know, the the bad people got arrested, the kids got saved. And in the end, there was just a little message in there about forgiveness. And you got to let the bad feelings go and you can't hold a grudge and you got to let things go. And if that was M. Night Shyamalan talking to himself or if the character, the daughter was supposed to be Shimeline, and if he is telling himself that he needs to let go of the, 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 the panning that uh, that has been done to him with critics or the, or, or the things that um, maybe the grudge he's holding against how Hollywood feels about him or whatever it might be. If that was him talking to himself saying he needs to let that go and, just not dwell on that. Well, then, I mean, I agree with that. He does, you know, he shouldn't be in contempt or holding a grudge for how people think, think about him, you know, regardless of how true that is or not about his movies, that ain't no way to live your life, man. So if it was him trying to tell himself to let stuff go, then he does need to do that. And if it wasn't, well then the message is fine. I mean, was it a spellbounding message? No, but it was fine for, it was a fine little message for what I think is just a fine little movie. So that's pretty much what I got. It's a decent movie, but not great by any means for really all the reasons you guys mentioned, but no real deal breakers here for me. I mean, I I, I get what you're saying about, yes, it all technically happens over the span of a week, essentially. It's like Monday through Saturday type of thing. I totally get that, that it is a short amount of time and, Maybe those people haven't been missing that long, but my, the reason why it's to me compounded and so bad is really the, the extra fact that there are two patients. One of them who is a known murderer was, were also missing at the same time from that shady Glen place. So 
that's why I don't think just the idea that these people like, oh, they hadn't seen him in a couple of days wouldn't be as big of a non-factor. It's you had murder a couple missing at the same time. And to me, the fact right. that that wasn't a serious thing to the like this town blows my mind. I get that part of it. Yeah. And maybe, you know, you could also argue that that probably would have been on the news. So maybe people would have been looking for them. Uh, different things like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you could argue that 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 would have been news. So the town would have kind of been on alert, but I never really saw them leave or go anywhere either. And I don't know how far outside of the town or, you know, none of that is established. I don't know how secluded this home was. I mean, I guess it wasn't too far away. People were visiting, but you know, I I just don't know. So, you know, and either way, maybe that is a knock against the movie. We did not know, you know, we didn't know how secluded, you know, in misery, uh, with, uh, you know, um, not Dolores Claiborne, but God, what's 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 the actress's name? Kathy Bates. Oh my God, Kathy, Kathy Bates. Bates. My, I can't believe I drew a blank on that. I'm sorry, Kathy Bates. I love you, but in that, you got an idea that that house was way far away from anything in town. You know, they made it a point to show that you have to drive miles to get over there, that it took time to get over there. They, they would show these big panning shots to let you know that the place was super secluded. This movie didn't do that. So, you know, and maybe because we didn't know that you, you just can't tell what, how these town people should have been reacting. Like it, that would have been on the news. So if anybody saw this guy walking outside working or something, wouldn't they have been on alert? You know, you know, it just raises all sorts of questions, but that is the fault of the movie for not really establishing that, you know, see, I would agree with you, except we know they go to town at least twice. When they go to pick up the kids. Oh, did they? When they go to pick up the kids oh, yeah. from the train station. Uh, and then whenever true. they're, they go into town to like, they go visit the mom's old high school. They drive right by Shady Glen where the grandfather oh, attacks I the totally guy in the street. That part. Yeah. Like oh, that's right. the totally thing. I forgot that part. Is even if they were kind of far away from town and that's the explanation for it. Fine. But they go to town at least twice. Yeah. My bad. So no, you're totally right. No, I concur. I I can't believe I drew a blank on those scenes. But yeah, you're right. They were in town. I get it. So. It's very easily forgettable. I 100% <laughs> understand why. Because in no, any normal but- <laughs> context, those scenes don't matter. Right. Like they're nothing yeah. scenes. Except yeah. for the fact that you, like so. I said, you see the granddad, the granddad go a little crazy. Yeah, it's just a scene to show, oh, look, he's a little crazy. But yeah, you're right. They were in the town. So then you could argue that would have been on the news. If if a murderer had escaped, if there were two people that had escaped, that I, I agree that that would have been news. And so the town would have been on alert. And that did not happen. So even if you say, well, this all took place in a week, uh, did the did the psychiatric ward not notice that they had people? Mi- you know, you can't argue that. So obviously they would have known they had people missing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And is it Good also point. supposed to be just assumed that like the 
the actual grandparents mentioned that they had never seen their grandkids. Like, how did these people know that the kids would not know what they looked like, you know? So I'm guessing it's either supposed to be assumed or it's just another like oversight. <laughs> I don't know. I, but think, I was like, I think what? it would be assumed because the guy playing pop hop does say that it was mean of the, the actual grandparents to tell crazy Nana that they were, the grandkids were coming. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. You're right. And then that's what drove them to kill the actual grandparents because they wanted to have grandkids for a week. Got it. Yeah, you're right. See, you're right. There's just pieces you forget in it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I won't forget it because <laughs> it's burned into my brain until at least 2025. Right. I mean, it's, but it, uh, to me, it also, it, like, it goes a step further with some of that stuff, like with what you were saying, Justin, that you would expect the actual M. Night Shyamalan, in, the M. Night Shyamalan ending to be that they are alien people with invisible antennas. I would have <laughs> right. preferred that by the end of this movie. <laughs> like, because I did see this ending coming because of how convenient it was that nobody could see them, how there were no pictures up throughout the entire house. Like there were, yeah. there are little things like that that just to me give it away because M. Night Shyamalan kind of gives his twists away all the same way. Like once they do that montage at the end of the sixth sense, kind of showing you the elements type of stuff to show that Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. And then having also watched it on HBO where you remember back in the day when HBO in between movies would sometimes show you those like little behind the scenes things. Yep. And in the behind the scenes things for six cents, they talk about anytime you see the color red, it means there's a ghost nearby. Right. Like the door handle that uh, Bruce Willis can't open, I think is like a red door handle. It's like a red ruby yeah. door handle. And whenever the little Haley Joel Osment gets, you know, trapped in that little crawl space where he you know, is the, with, with the ghost in there, he's all scared of it's a red balloon that floats up there. And that's why he goes up there. Things like that. And so yeah, when you watch that, if you go back and watch other M night Shyamalan movies, he sets, he sets up all his twists kind of the same way. You see those little elements here and there. So like in signs, you know, they completely set it up that, you know, the whole, the daughter, can't finish a glass of water and nobody in the house can pick up a glass of water. And so it just becomes then painfully obvious that like, especially by the end, the aliens are allergic to water and things like that. And so like, if you watch this movie and like, you're like throughout the whole house, like, like I said, there, and, and they even show it again at the end, but there's no pictures in that house except for like one, I think that shows the fake Nana and pop pop, with the actual name pop up. Yeah. That's like the only yeah. real picture in this house of them. That's what I remembered. Yeah. Like of them, because like, I don't know about you guys, but like my grandparents have pictures like everywhere, like from, from everything. Like I understand that like, yes, my grandparents have pictures of all the grandkids. I get that they wouldn't because of the, you know, the separation and all this other stuff. But like they have pictures of themselves from like high school framed up. You know what I mean? They've got like pictures of themselves throughout the decades and all kinds of shit, you know, and there's none of that in this house. Yeah, that's true. 
I actually didn't even notice that, but yeah, you're right. You know, it's little things like that. And like, I hated some of the setup things that like you were talking about, Justin, with the whole like, oh, she can't look in the mirror because she like hates herself or whatever. And then they have her staring at the mirror at the end, whenever that grandmother or the, the Nana shoves her face into it 27 times and she grabs the mirror and stabs her with it. Like that was such a stupid scene to have her confront her fear of mirrors. Like there's infinitely scarier things going on in that room than a mirror. Which I get, but I actually also, and maybe it was just me. I actually took that to me, like not to mean, but I took it as like, okay, well there are worse things to be afraid of than looking at yourself in a mirror. And so she decided to finally do it to get away from the thing that she was more scared of. Yeah, but, but in that moment that doesn't work because it's like a life threatening situation. I mean, yeah, that, but like, that's my point with it is like, that's not really getting over your fear because there's obviously something else more scary in that room. Right. Like you're not really getting over your fear. Like, that's like being trapped in a volcano surrounded by lava, yet you're scared of spiders and you see like a baby spider on a rock and you like overcome it by climbing up the rock anyway. Like, that's what that was. Like, it's either like, I mean, it's obviously way bigger things to worry about than the whole mirror thing at that scene. Why even have it? Like that whole setup right. is weird. And also the oh, whole, s- I just, Oh, go ahead. No. Yeah, go ahead. No, all I was going to say is I just, I didn't interpret that, that she was like, Oh, I'm afraid. I just thought it was just narrative irony. You know, they spent this time saying, Oh, you're, you know, she's afraid to look in the mirrors because of how she feels about herself and subconscious and all that stuff. But yet, ironically, it was that very thing that kind of saved her life. Saved I her. just thought it yeah, was that's true. narrative irony. I didn't take it as, oh, I'm scared in this moment of the mirror. I thought it was just narrative irony. That actually makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not really saying that like she's scared of the mirror in that scene. Right. But I'm yeah. just saying like the idea that she's like, you know, she's scared of mirrors. But at that moment, she's still able to look in it. And like, I get what you're saying, Justin, with like, oh, she was able to save herself with it and all this other stuff. It's just, it still feels so incredibly forced because there was other shit in that fucking room she could have grabbed to hit the old woman with. There was at least like two lamps, like a, I think there was like a fucking like fireplace in that room. Wasn't there? That wouldn't mean there's the like camera that's been in her hand the whole time that she then uses to bust open the door. Right, but not to kill the grandma. Yeah, like there's so many <laughs> things like that. And also, if this if if there's if you're trapped in a room that has no power with somebody that is psychotic and like maybe wanting to kill you, so you need to keep track of them, would you put your light on them and go, "Okay, they're right there. Let me completely look away with my light." Right. Yeah. To then bring it back to them. Yeah, and that was totally a setup for just the scare factor. Yeah, but you're it's right, because I was like, like, why would you take your eyes off them? <laughs> I mean, the whole idea and the whole series of shots with that was so annoying to me, because she also kept going back to the same corner. Like, she was looking for something new in that corner. It was the same fucking corner. The corner never changed. It was like, I would understand maybe if she was doing it to, like, look around the room more to find something, but she wasn't. She would go, okay, Nana's right there. She's about six feet away. 
What's in this corner? Shit, nothing. Oh, fuck. She's only four feet away now. Maybe that corner has something in it again? <laughs> nope. Nope. Still doesn't. Ah, fuck. She's only two feet away. I bet that corner has something now. Fuck. Nothing. Oh, no. She's attacking me. Like, right. That was the weirdest setup with that scene. Like, I get what, like, you're saying, because it's all about doing that whole creepy thing of, oh, look, she's closer this time. Oh, look, she's closer this time. It's like a weird version of, like, psychotic killer red light, green light. Yeah. But, like, I mean, sadly, I've seen better versions of that in movies. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, there, there's this great Spanish movie, The Orphanage, that has an exact similar scene with ghosts. Yeah, it's super good. And it's amazing. This scene, though, is dumb because it's a physical person and you have a camera with a light on it. <laughs> like, yeah. it just was. Why would you ever look away? And then also. Why is when she in the basement and she gets attacked by Pop Pop and she kind of gets away from him, she literally runs into a corner that she cannot get out of. Like she yeah. literally goes and traps herself. And if I'm remembering the layout of that basement and I could be completely wrong, but honestly, if I am wrong, I don't really care. I believe she runs past the stairs when she does so. So she runs herself into a corner. To just get captured by running by her escape route. And to me, that's the perfect analogy for this movie. And M. Night Shyamalan, in his career in general, he writes himself into corners all the time. I feel like this movie, he kind of had like this idea. like, And I totally feel like he got this idea from watching an also very shitty horror film called The Orphan. I feel like this is just a version of that. And instead of it being a kid that's an, like an old person, it's old people that are different old people. <laughs> I mean, it's still too, very much the same to me. But I feel like he watched that movie and goes, oh, man, wouldn't it be crazy if these old people were different old people? And somebody <laughs> like some hype man in the corner, because I just feel like M. Night Shyamalan has like hype man in the corner. <laughs> Anytime he says one of his shitty ass twist ideas, he just goes, Get it up, not Shyamalan. <laughs> and I feel like that's what happened. And he wrote himself into a corner because it's an incredibly shitty idea. And he just kind of had to like bullshit his way out of it, which was the end of this movie. Literally, because somebody gets human shit rubbed on their face. But yeah, that anyway. was dumb. I didn't like that. Which that's also the whole reason why they put the whole he's got germophobia in this movie. That's literally the only reason why that's in there is so he can get yeah. shit rubbed on his face and then he can remember his, I don't know, Pop Warner football coach telling him how to tackle. And so he uses his tackling technique against an old man, which yeah. is nobody worried about the fact that, that he then goes full on like Vincent D'Onofrio from Daredevil by shoving this guy's head into a fucking fridge and like shutting the door 9000 times. Like, yeah, I was thinking about that. I know too. Jastin's knows what I'm talking about. There's a very amazing scene in Daredevil from Netflix where Vincent D'Onofrio oh, yeah. as the kingpin does that with a man's head in a car door. But this like 13 year old boy does it. And that was weirdly yeah, disturbing. He was a rapper. You know, he was a little gangster, man. He had a little gangster in him. It just came out. And also, <laughs> what is with this weird white boy raps? 
They're not good. I'm sorry. They're just not good. They're not even remotely coherent enough for a 13 year old boy to think they're good. And that when they're saying them, <laughs> like, I feel bad for that child. That, the, right. that, that scene was like downright child abuse because that kid is obviously now scarred for life by having to deliver those lines. But like I said, I feel like he'd like wrote himself into a corner and just kind of bullshitted his way out. And I feel like that's his whole career. He set up his whole career on being the guy with the crazy twists. And now if he directs a normal movie, he can't do it. He just can't do it. And we all know this because of one movie. I know we're going to, we're going to talk about, and I know at least Justin's seen with avatar, the last airbender, he can't direct a normal movie. <laughs> and I know I've seen this and I don't know if either one of you two have, but it's also the same with the movie after earth with Will Smith and Jaden Smith. It's a normal movie. And that's not really a spoiler. It's just, it's a normal movie. It also sucks balls. And it's also on my worst list. And he can't, he can't do it. So his career is the same thing. That's what I think is just so like profound about that scene. Is that is M. Night Shyamalan in a scene. <laughs> and also that seriously, that woman was hanging from a tree out in the open for at least All day. what? Eight hours. Yep. That is ridiculous. I still feel so betrayed by you guys. So betrayed. I mean, I guess we can go into other scores for this real quick. I mean, because I know I know mine are harsher than other people's scores, but still so betrayed. So I know Metacritic, this movie has a 55. Uh, and of course, now when I need it to not, my phone is going very slow to look up these things. Like I said, I know Metacritic is like a 55, 56, somewhere in there. It's like seriously straight up mid 50s. 55 exactly um the imdb score is right around uh you guys it's 6.2 out of 10 so that's literally within a point or two of where you guys are sitting uh anyway with that and i am forgetting what app i need to pull up oh and i am stalling like a motherfucker while i look this up because <laughs> i can I was tell not... you the rotten tomatoes if you want do you also have the audience score? Yes, I do. Okay, go ahead, because it's not loading on mine. Oh, except it just did. So it's a 68 on Rotten Tomatoes, which is also right around you guys. Wait, is this the same visit? Yes, it is. Okay. I was thrown off because the picture is literally, when you go to the visit on the Flickster app, which is also where the Rotten Tomatoes scores are, it's literally the same we were talking about with her looking at herself in the mirror with crazy Nana behind her. Mm. Um, so, yes, it is a 68 on the tomato meter. And it is a 51% from the audience on that one. So pretty much all the scores are kind of middling at best. And I just think everybody is being very ge uh, generous with that. I mean, I will concede, like what Justin said earlier, there are worse M. Night Shyamalan movies that we will be talking about. Because like I said, we are talking about five of them on my list alone. And I left one <laughs> off of it because I just knew it was on the, the fan list. And that's Avatar. So that ended up You're being on be... the fan list. And I, that's why I left it off of mine. It did have six on there. And I went, man, everybody's saying Avatar. I'll give it to the fans. And I replaced it with something else. Essentially, we're just making you watch most M. Night Shyamalan movies because <laughs> there's at least one on the best, too. <laughs> 
Uh, yes, we will be doing the sixth synth on the best. So, I mean, the yeah. only M. Night Shyamalan, nah, movies we are not talking about are what? Unbreakable? Signs. Yes, and Signs. Mm-hmm. And we aren't talking about uh, Split, and we're not talking. Which honestly is a shame, because Split is probably one of my favorite of his. And That's I'm one of his so glad ones. it's not on here, because I just have this weird thing where I just never want to see it. And we're not talking about Glass even though we already have and by say we aren't talking about glass or you know that we talked about it you guys talked about it while i was just on the episode of making fun of it never seeing it and i am You're so honestly glad. missing out i'm not missing so out good. on shit i am so glad i've got zero reason to watch split i've got zero reason <laughs> to watch glass i can't tell you how exciting it is to me that i might be able to make it through my entire life Never watching Split or Glass. Cool. <laughs> I mean, especially with how much of a completionist I am. I've seen Unbreakable, and I'm still not watching this trilogy. And I just find it so amazing. And I own Split. That's the other thing about it. I own Split. It is in my iTunes. I have had it in my iTunes since it came out on iTunes. And I have still yet to watch it. I mean, it was just one of those things. I kept hearing so many good things about it. And for all accounts that I've, I've heard, it's great. Yet, it is still an M. Night Shyamalan movie, and I can't bring myself to watch it. So I you just, can bring yourself to watch all the ones you hate again? Because I've already seen them. I'm not oh, okay. submitting myself to new M. Night Shyamalan. I'm okay. just retreading on old M. Night Shyamalan that I've seen. Got it. I just want to see if I can go the rest of my life with never watching a new one of his movies. But I kind of want to keep with tradition. And I still want to be on every one of those episodes without watching them. We're going to see how that works out for me. But once again, I'm betrayed. This movie sucks. I don't know how you guys liked it as much as you did. I'm not saying you liked it, liked it, but liked it as much as you did. Although there is something that you might appreciate that I read Sterling on an article is that they were basically essentially saying that this is a version of the show Catfish, just with grandparents instead. It <laughs> is? Like, yeah, pretty much. It is. <laughs> and I mean, and I mean, I know this has been going long enough, but I might as well tell this. This is, I don't know, a fun little stupid story, whatever. But like, have you guys actually seen the movie Catfish? No. No, I haven't. Like, okay, the thing that started it all. I mean, it's the same people from the show, but, like, it's the movie they made that started the whole thing and what actually gave name to this. Um, But it's like a documentary thing, but I thought it was... I thought, personally, it was a found footage movie, just like this, and, like, something crazy was going to happen when they were, like, they get to this girl's house. Like, it was this whole thing, and then they were going to get, like, murdered or something. And it really is a documentary about how this woman was using her daughter's pictures to catfish neve and like her username was catfish like something it was like catfish 69 420 or whatever the fuck it was that's where the name comes from and so like it really was this woman using her daughter's pictures and they catfish the guy that ends up hosting the show later neve and like that's what the whole movie is about and i just remember the trailers that it was really like they're like walking up to house to the garage and like what the fuck's going on oh my god what the fuck is this what the fuck is this I seriously thought it was like a murder movie, like a found footage murder movie or something like that. <laughs> and I watched this. And I, I felt catfished by the movie Catfish, <laughs> which I still think is an infinitely better twist than this movie. 
<laughs> and that was literally me just seeing the trailer once and thinking it was something different. I mean, that's 100% on me and me probably not paying attention to anything going on in the world. Like I take 100% of the blame for me not knowing anything about what the movie catfish was when I went into it. But still, I I feel like I was I was catfished by catfish. So that's it. That's the end of my catfish story. I just thought it was a fun little thing. I like it. But anything else about my first entry into the worst movies list? Negative. No, sir. On that note, guys, thank you for listening to this episode of the Simple Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com. Check us out on Facebook at Cinema Slayers Podcast or Twitter and Instagram at Cinema underscore Slayers. Uh, so we do have more of these coming your way, of course. I mean, we're, this is only like our, what, second, third, third, second? How many worst have we done? This is our third. This is our third of the worst list. Mm-hmm. So we've only got 37 more of these to go. Wait, is my math right? Yes, 37 more of these to go. So, yeah, just have fun with those. Uh, and other than that, guys, don't be assholes and betray me like Heather and Justin did. And remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is a Best Picture winner. Under pressure. So betrayed.